but uh, welcome to my house. Uh, I'm glad that we were able to get together and do this here. What's the official title? So we went with John's Smoke Show and Spa. Okay. Uh, it's kind of half just really being funny and half like kind of making it somewhat serious. Uh, the smoke show referring to the fact that we cook a lot with wood pellets and uh, smoke a lot of meats and things like that. Uh, when I say we, I mean me, and I try to offer to a lot of, as many people as possible. When you cook big meats, you need to have a lot of friends over, you know. Um, so uh, I see online use it all the time, so it's definitely sort of a social hub for your family. Definitely, and like a friend of mine a couple of years ago, uh, after I had done a handful of pictures early on with some food, uh, just shot back me at, and said, you should change your name to JJ's Food Blog. Uh, so on Instagram, it's it's JJ's Food Blog, and then I tie everything to, you know, John Smoke Show and Spa. It's kind of when that happened that once I built this place and kind of put it together that I was like, you know what, this is kind of fun where you just do a bunch of meals. And, you know, like I said, it's really almost like we, we gave it a Facebook location. Uh, I, I tag it all the time. My wife thinks it's just a big joke and it's funny. And I guess it just gives us something else to, you know. Uh, it is a place that I really do enjoy being at. You know, cooking is probably something where I look to from a stress thing, the, the de-stressor, where sometimes as long as, uh, you know, the weather allows or you're hungry enough to come out here and just check, check out for a little bit. That or like mowing the lawn on a riding tractor, right? Headphones on, yeah. and just kind of check out. So uh, this is the space that we've created, and uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of it. I don't know. <laughs> I, I, you got the TV set up. You got audio out here. You got heaters up above. You got a, a spa five steps away. Like yeah. I can see hanging out here a lot. Yeah, definitely. And uh, you know, with the year the way it was, um, you know, it was kind of mix and match. Where I would say. It started out where we spent a lot more time at home. Yeah. And then once things did start to really open up, probably had one of the busiest years personally I've had all year long. So um, I really started to appreciate the time that I had here. At the same time, it was nice to get the time in the beginning of the season to really get a chance to use it a lot. So uh, very thankful, grateful that we're able to kind of put this together. And, you know, with, from a design standpoint and hiring people to do work and spending the money, uh, it's stressful, but it really kind of came to, together really well. So. Serta Pro came at a point in my life where I was able to take my leadership, I think, to the next level, where I had some good experience, 15 years in, in, in a corporate life, and then you do it in a small business environment. And, you know, I've always worked for small businesses. I think that's a huge key, too. Like, you may not be able to offer everything that somebody else may be able to offer, benefit packages yeah. or pay or even. So I think, you, you know, you really got to have a culture where people want to be there and really want to work with you. You have to attract people somewhat yeah. like yourself, yeah. not necessarily exactly like you, but somewhat like yourself that they say, no, I'm going to see the opportunity to work probably in a small business. You're doing five different things yeah. rather than just one thing. Right. And there's some people that are going to love that. Other yes. People aren't. And other people aren't. Right. And, uh, in, in a way, it's how you treat them too. Like, but it goes both ways. So, you know, I know how my interactions with my family is, and I see other people's, and it's a little different, right? Like, yeah. my kids are held accountable. Um, you know, in a business environment, your people who are working for you are held accountable too, and some yep. people really thrive on that, and some people don't. And I feel like, you know, a lot of ways, you know, 
that we all have our different opinions about what generation is the hardest workers or the it's Z's, us. the X's. It's us. It's us, right? It's and always so, the older ones. It is, right? And so, you know, that's a navigate. That's a thing you have to adapt to as well. People have different needs that they want, and customers do too. And customers are changing, people are changing, and you got to kind of, you know, you got to stick with what you know is right. You yeah. know, you got to know how to run a good business and what what makes success successful. But you got to have that ability to adapt as well. And, I think we're always doing that. I'm not perfect at it. I need to grow a lot as well. I, so I definitely am like about this far away from perfect at it. I grew up in, uh, you know, a very disciplined environment. But sure. whether it's at home or for a boss, where you didn't really think what satisfaction was I getting out yeah. of this. It was mostly is my boss happy yep. with what I'm doing, and if yep. he is, then I'll do a good job. Or if she's not happy with what I'm doing, then I'm doing a bad job. Yep. And sometimes that was your only way of knowing if you're doing yeah. it or not. Yeah. <laughs> right? There's no metrics, there's no dashboards, there's no system. It's like, did I yell at today? <laughs> and, and people, you know, today have a much different expectation. I mean, they yeah. really have, they want to have a career plan. They want to have a path. They yes. want to have somebody nurture their various abilities. They don't want to just do it a certain way. Sure. And so I think it causes folks like us to say, okay, well, that was great leadership when I was in high school or college. Yep. That's probably not great. It's not the exact same form of great leadership today. Right. And right or wrong, like, you know, you could feel really good about your leadership style and what you think is successful, but, uh, you know, things happen along the way where you kind of pump the brakes a little bit and go, like, maybe that is something that... You know, if you, you get run up the hill and there's nobody running behind you, right. you eventually figure out it's me. There's a problem there, right? <laughs> and so that's the kind of part where I think you have to check and have people around you that can tell you that in a in a constructive way, yeah. right? And you earn their trust, they earn your, your trust, and that's the key to yeah. I think you know what makes a good team as well. to get together with folks that I've gotten to know um, that I feel like demonstrate some quality of leadership that I've seen and what I want to learn from those people I view it as almost like my real-life MBA um, I want to go study everybody else that's a leader figure out where they learn from what did they learn the good the bad and so maybe I'll begin it with what were your early versions of leadership that you began to follow First, I'll say thanks for even considering me into the leadership category that you have. Uh, that's a really awesome thing to even say. So I just want to say thanks for that. You, um, you lead a good-sized team, and you got a very infectious personality that people seem attracted to. And to me, that's a big part of leadership yeah. is not just could you tell people what to do, but the, do they actually want to do it with you? Sure. I I feel the same way. You know, I've had different, um, you know, I would say, you know, starting kind of like in the beginning, I would have to go first to my dad. You know, I knew, like, back in the day when I wore a shirt and tie, uh, that's what he did every day was wear a shirt and tie every single day. Yeah. And I just remember, like, that's kind of what I wanted to do. I wanted to wear a shirt and tie, right? But it was funny because the minute, the second, he didn't even talk to anybody. When he got home, he immediately ripped that shirt and tie off and put, you know, just normal clothes, normal clothes on, like little T-shirt and shorts. And my dad was a big tank top and shorts kind of guy. And, uh... So I also do that a lot, and I don't know if it's because of him or if it's just because I just that's natural, right? So I'd start with my dad, just you know, seeing somebody that I knew didn't come from a whole lot as far as uh, you know upbringing wise and, and uh, being in a business and, and seeing him as a leader. Of course, that would be where I would start. Um, 
I, I also have a big influence of sports in my life. Uh, I played four sports mostly growing up, mostly three. Once you get into like high school age with football, wrestling, and and baseball, and uh, you know, you knew the difference between a coach that was a leader and one that had poor leadership skills. And you know, you get those ones they say that guy would run through a brick wall for that guy. Well, there there was those people in my yeah. life too, uh, from from high school football and wrestling to to college football, where you're like, I see a leader that's got a totally different personality and. I support him because of you know how successful he is and, and those things. But there was those ones that lit a fire under you, and you're like, wow, I will, I will hurt somebody for this. Yeah, <laughs> and I, so I that's what I get. You know, I, I, my current man crush is Bill Marshall from uh, Valpo football. Okay, uh, yeah, Valpo football coach. And what I like about him is not only are the kids listening to him and they have you know really great discipline, but they'd eat gravel for this guy. Yeah, I mean they would just do whatever he asked them to sure. do. And it's not because he's pounding the snot out of him. Right. It literally is because he's saying, this is my standard of excellence, yep. Yep. and I'm going to bring you all with. Yep. And I watch coaches do that, yep. I do leaders do that, I watch leaders do that, and there's there's something. What's, sure. what's the difference? Yeah. Who? Definitely. Those people that captured your drive, yeah. how did they do it? I, Different, different personalities, different techniques, of course. I've, I've had the more laid-back person. I've had the rah-rah, in-your-face kind of a motivator. Um, I think, too, you're at a point in your life, I think, where, you know, you're drawn to leadership. You know, like when you're 17, 18, 19, in your early 20s, those who are really able to capture you as a person, I think it's easy. It's easy. I think you're at a maturity point in your life where you follow that person, too, where I think, you know, in high school football, there's probably – different versions of leaderships that all people follow, but you're there for a reason, and that's for a coach to lead you. And so, you know, being a teammate, and there's leaderships even on your on your team, right? Like you had, in my in my experience, like you had a captain of your offense or your quarterback or yeah. the guy was the, the defensive lineman that you knew was probably going to play at a big school and that yeah. guy was the real deal. Like if he told you to do something, you did it, right? So those, those things definitely had an impact on me. Tell me Certipro. What yeah. what why did you connect to them? What did you see in their standards and their professionalism? What did you see in their training that made you say, Yeah, I want to go all in? Even like just the concept of franchising was very new to me. And I had originally thought that once we sold uh, the business that my fa family, my dad was the, the CEO at the time, I was a chief operating officer. Once we sold that business, I really kind of made a name for myself in many ways in the industry, uh, was on a couple different councils, had some designations, some certifications that were very well regarded. But then I realized that if I was going to do that, I was going to do it for somebody else and maybe I was going to be the person that would help that person achieve their dreams and I was going to help that person. And I really wasn't going to do it for myself and I think it was my wife, I'll give her the credit for kind of looking at me going like, you're going to do the same job you did before but you're going to ask permission to do it. Yeah. And so that was the, the part where I was like, I need to really think about this. I got contacted by a franchising uh, company, you know, a company that like puts people in places and you know there's brokerages and stuff. So that was uh, my first experience with it, and it was really just like a due diligence process with four or five, maybe even six different concept brands, from anything from a storefront to you know brokerage of like trying to buy and sell businesses, to put them together, Main Street, like kind of a brokerage on Main Street, you know. Okay. Um, I think that it was the similarities from the private security business to like the painting business where. You're essentially taking a service person, right? Person who delivers the service, 
you're putting systems and processes in place and you're trying to put it together in a way where you can sell it to a customer and give them value for what they're paying for, right? Those are the really things that at the end of the day, after all the pluses and the minuses and the yeah. pros and the cons, it was like, where am I comfortable at? Where am I feeling com most comfortable? And um, yeah, that due diligence also included like talking to other franchisees where I was really pleased with just the amount of support you were getting from p people who would be your peers. Yeah. And they're spending time with you out of their own day, 45 minutes to an hour on the phone going, this person doesn't have to do that, right? Make themselves available. So I just felt, I felt support systems were in place and uh, it was an industry I wasn't familiar with and I knew I was gonna need that. So that's how it really kind of started, how I got into Circuit Pro. And uh, I started this business from scratch here in Northwest Indiana. And so, you know, this is home. This isn't, you know, I didn't originally come from Indiana, but I've been here for 16, 17 years now and uh, I couldn't be happier. And I'm glad that I'm in a business that services a lot of different communities within Northwest Indiana. So, you know, you kind of get a feel for what's going on in Valparaiso and Chesterton yep. and, and Crown Point, and you know what's the, you know what's happening as far as new restaurants and businesses, and you know it's just nice to be on this side, you know, of the fence where you see a lot of positive movements in the economy and the positive things happening as far as the development in our communities.